Chapter Ten of That Lassa Lowry's by Francis Hodgson Burnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. On the Knoll Road, the moon was shining brightly when he stepped into the open road, so brightly that he could see every object far before him, unless where the trees cast their black shadows, which seemed all the blacker for the light. What a grave little creature she is! he was saying to himself. But he stopped suddenly. Under one of the trees by the roadside, someone was standing motionless. As he approached, the figure stepped boldly out into the moonlight before him. It was a woman. Don't be afeard, she said, in a low, hurried voice. It's me, Mester. It's Joan Lowry. Joan Lowry, he said with surprise. What has brought you out at this hour? And whom are you waiting for? I'm waiting for your sen, she answered. For me? Aye, I have something to say to you. She looked about her hurriedly. You'd better come into the shade of them trees, she said. I don't want to give anyone a chance to see me, nor you either. It was impossible that he should not hesitate a moment. If she had been forced into entrapping him. She made a sharp gesture. I am not going to do no harm, she said. You may trust me. It's the other way about. I ask pardon, he said, feeling heartily ashamed of himself the next instant. But you know, I, impatiently, as they passed into the shadow, I know, or I shouldn't be here now. A moonbeam, finding its way through a rift in the boughs, and falling on her face, showed him that she was very pale. You wonder as I'm here at all, she said, not meeting his eyes as she spoke, but you did me a good turn once and I an had so many done to me in my life as I can forget one on em. I'm come here, for I may as well mak as few words on to Sacon. I come here to tell you to tak heed o' Dan Lowry. What? said Fergus. He bears me a grudge, does he? Aye, he bears thee grudge enow, she said. He bears thee that much grudge, that if he could lay his hand on thee, while the heat's on him, he'd kill thee a dee. He will na be so bitter after a while, happen, but he'd do it now. And that's why I warn thee, there's no right to be going out like this, glancing at his bandaged arm. How could thou help thy sin if he were to set on thee? Thou'd better tak heed, I tell thee. I'm very much indebted to you, began Fergus. She stopped him. Thou did me a good turn, she said, and then her voice changed. Dan Lowry's my feyther, and I've stuck to him. I dunnot know why. Happen cause I never had nowt else to hold to and do for. But feyther or no feyther, I know he's a bad un when th fit's on, and he has a spite again a mon. So tak care, I tell thee again. Thee now, I've done. Will thou walk on first and let me follow thee? Something in her mode of making this suggestion impressed him singularly. I do not quite understand, he said. She turned and looked at him, her face white and resolute. I done at once harm done, she answered. I will na ha harm done if I can help it, and if I mun speak the truth, I know there's harm afoot to neat. If I'm behind thee, there isna a mon in Riggan as dare lay hond on thee to my face. If I am nowt but a lass, that's why I ax thee to let me keep his sight. You're a brave woman, he said, and I will do as you tell me, but I feel like a coward. There's no need as you should, she answered in a softened voice. You dunnot seem like one to me. Derrick bent suddenly, and taking her hand, raised it to his lips. At this involuntary act of homage, 
for it was nothing less, Joan Lowrie looked up at him with startled eyes. "'I am there a lady,' she said, and drew her hand away. They went out into the road together, he first, she following at a short distance, so that nobody seeing the one could avoid seeing the other. It was an awkward and trying position for a man of Derrick's temperament, and under some circumstances he would have rebelled against it. As it was, he could not feel humiliated. At a certain dark bend in the road, not far from Lowry's cottage, Joan halted suddenly and spoke. Feyther, she said, in a clear, steady voice, isna that yo standin' there? I thought you'd happen to be comin' warm this way. Where has thou been? And as he passed on, Derrick caught the sound of a muttered oath, and gained a side glimpse of a heavy, slouching figure coming stealthily out of the shadow. End of chapter 10